0: Hey guys, Sean here. We have a great video for y'all today talking about vets and war heroes. But with that comes some content that can be disturbing to some. So if you think this content might be uncomfortable to watch and listen, then you might want
1: to skip out on this episode. But other than that, enjoy. What is up guys and welcome back to Two Guys Rambling Another week of ram, <laughs> another
2: week of <laughs> rambling, Avi. Uh Episode eleven. I don't even know anymore. I don't even know anymore. Eleven, uh, Sean. No. When you're watching this, I you'll mean, know. Why do we have to I know? Think,
1: you'll uh, know. You'll know. You'll know for us. You message us <laughs> so that <we> can <laughs> what, episode? what episode we're on. I want to say we're on episode eleven. Um, and we are. I, this is going to be a big episode for us because. There's something new, Javi, in the studio. Do you see what's new?
2: Yeah, that camera. Could it be right the camera
1: there. that's recording us? We've got a brand new camera, um, that's going to start recording us from now on. You can see my phone is now right here. Now nerd out about the yeah. camera. Why is it so great? Um, the, the camera is literally set up to be a vlog camera. Um, so for anybody who knows anything about cameras, it is the Sony, uh, I want to say SV-14. No, 1F, sorry. It's S, yeah, no, right. <laughs> Double check me, Sean. It's, I want to say it's the Sony SV-1F. Um, literally this camera is made for vlogging. Um, so it shoots, it literally, it's, it's got one lens on it. Um, so to make sure that it captures everything that we want it to capture. Um, it's got a better, um, like processor inside of it that helps it de- detect color and all that good stuff too. Um, and stuff like that. Was that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is SV, right? Yeah. SV-1F. Um, so if you guys, hopefully everybody out there likes that this one looks a little bit better. I definitely like it because now I can use my phone for notes, mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that without having to be on here, you know, making, making stuff and not being able to use my phone at all. Yeah. Now we can obviously see it's recording because we got a red dot now. It will look official. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the studio looks really, really good because now we have the like, studio lights. So, like, how, does this make you feel like it's a? I don't want to say a real podcast. Don't, don't because psych it me out. Don't psych
2: me out. <laughs> okay. I, I just got comfortable talking yeah. to a camera. <laughs> don't psych yeah. me out. Um, <laughs> so, I mean,
1: if if you guys are looking for a camera to maybe start out, uh, every everybody that I talk to, um, we I have a great group of people that I was able to like talk to and like like you know. Pick their brain about like what we should use and what we shouldn't use, because we were looking at a more expensive camera. Yeah, and uh, we're kind of going back and forth. Like we didn't even know if this thing's gonna take off the floor. Like we don't know what kind of views we're gonna get. Like we don't know anything. Like let's start out kind of like a little lower end. And, and this was kind of everybody that I talked to, everything I saw online. They were talking about how this is the perfect entry level camera to do. Because obviously it has limitations because it's entry level. Yeah. Um, is me saying camera freaking you out? <laughs> no, or yeah.
2: Yeah. I was, I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, Oh God, try not to laugh. Try <laughs> yeah. not to laugh. Um,
1: uh, what do you call it? So like it, it's entry level enough to where obviously there's like certain things that it doesn't have that yeah. you can't do with it, but there's a lot of things you can do with it. You know, so we're going to see how it rolls. Um, and I'm super excited because now I get to use it for. Editing on the computer and I've been wanting to edit on the computer so bad. And there's certain mm. things that I can do on the computer that I can't do on the iPad when I'm editing. And so um, mm,
2: I got you. I'm i just
1: extremely excited to
2: have this. Thanks, uh, Steve Jobs. Not yeah. Windows compatible. What the fuck?
1: Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, he's, it, he's dead. So.
2: It, it like you can get it
1: on there, but then it's just it's just too much work. It's too much work. But luckily, um, us having this now, we were looking at what uh, the amount of time we could record Lucky for you guys, we could record up to four hours and 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So good luck, all of you guys. We're having to sit here and listen to me and Javi talk for four, four hours. Um, and then now we can take thumbnail photos and like get like some real, some real genuine shit out there
2: got you yeah
1: i'm excited about this dude i'm super excited about this hey
2: now we can actually instead of shooting on an iphone if we go to like uh lounges and stuff yeah yeah use the cameras.
1: yeah and that was my question right i was like hey can we use it because it so that footage that you see where there's like nobody in there but it's like it's like panning across this right that's called mm-hmm. b-roll yeah and so i was like i want to make sure that because it's a fixed lens and usually when you shoot different shots you need a different lens i was like is this something that i can shoot b-roll with and like do all the extra stuff too to make the Cause I want to make it look good, right? Like yeah. I want to be cool shit in there. They're like, yeah, 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 no problem, damn, no problem at all. Like you'll you'll be able to do everything the way you want to do it, Um and you'll be totally fine for it. So, oh, okay, I'm sweet, fucking ready to rock and roll. Yeah. I'm so excited about this. It's not even it's not even fucking funny,
2: badass.
1: I said I said an F word
2: there. Whoops, but that's your w- second one already. Is it my second yeah. one? Oh my yeah, word! Like need you get this fucking shit out there.
1: Oh god, it's three. Are we limited? Should we limit ourselves to four? Do you think we should put a limit on it? I think I really think we should put a bucket. Yeah, but I feel like I think that's kind of funny. Uh-oh. Oh fuck! Oh, oh got- my god! <laughs> sorry, sorry. I just got paid. <laughs> oh. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm super excited about it. I'm Super excited yeah. about it. I think it's gonna be really cool when we yeah. take it places, right? And like take photos and yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm super excited about this. I it's it's not even funny. Um, but as always. The way we start every single podcast with the cut and light. Yes, sir. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna jump into that. We're gonna cut and light the cigars today. We are going to be talking about. Um, we got. We're gonna start. we start doing kind of current segments. Events. We're gonna do some current event stuff um, at the beginning. Then we're gonna. This video is gonna be coming out right before Memorial Day, so we're gonna talk a little bit about Memorial Day, and some of the badass men and women that have protected us um, over the years, and what Memorial means. What Memorial Day means and how. Um, significant and important it is for everybody to celebrate Yeah, because I and feel like
2: people just kind of like, oh, it's just a holiday.
1: Yeah, it's a, for most people, right? It's like a day off, like I don't got to do nothing, right? Yep. Like, um, and what it means, right, to, to celebrate Memorial Day and to be a part of that. So, I'm very excited for that. And then, I think we'll probably drop the ad for Spotify, like right... It's not time yet. Now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And we're back. And we're back. Look at that. Wow. Look at that. Crazy, right? Do you see how it changed, Tommy? Um, no. And then, so we're going to get into the Cutting the Light. Cutting the Light is brought to you by Club Humidor um, Cigars of San Antonio. If you're in San Antonio, you decide you're going to come visit down and uh, check out Two Guys Rambling because you uh, love us so much. Um, and when you're here, you got to make sure that you take a stop at Club Humidor. Um, they've got three locations. San Pedro Thousand Oaks Hebner um, and they have a wide wide range of cigars that you can purchase all kinds of goodies all kinds it's like a it's like an adult I was gonna say an adult store that's not what it's like <laughs> it's an adult candy store <laughs> um, but make sure that when you guys get down here you go check it out All of the men and women that work there are just phenomenal phenomenal people mm-hmm. and they work extremely hard to bring. Um, Just good tasting cigars to everybody So make sure you uh, give a shout to those guys there You go check them out And you tell them two guys rambling sent you um, So that way they know that you guys are listeners And they can help you out Sound pretty good? Yep, yep. As we do our cutting light Of course Sean's going to tell us about our cigars today Sean So if you want to go ahead and tell us about those Yes sir uh, Matt is going to be smoking the Drew Estate
0: Liga Pravada H99 And I'm going to have to check Yes Gage Lancerio. It is a Nicaraguan full body. Uh, I'm getting this from Cigars Direct. Of course, welcome we'll to check that out. Uh, Javi, on the other hand, is smoking the. Let's get this real quick.
2: La... How do you pronounce it again, honey? Basically, the instructor. La instructora.
0: Yeah, La I may be brown, but I don't
2: mean I don't know to pronounce.
0: And Javi is smoking Dominican full body this time. I'm getting this from Half Wheel. Back
2: to y'all. What's great about this one is uh, Joe from Club Humidor recommended it because they were getting boxes of this in that had, what, like four years of age on it? Yeah, something stupid. So we're talking like not from like the farm four years of age. We're talking like it sat in the box for four years.
1: Yeah, one of the shops. That's another reason, right, to go to Club Humidor because you just never know what you're going to find. You know, like there's so many. Such a big selection. Such a big selection. They've got so much stuff in there. Like, it's it's ridiculous. So I'm super excited about that.
2: It's hot. Um, but see, the way you'll know, a cigar has good age on it. If you can see that, how it's kind of like, ye- how it's yellow. So that means the tobacco oils are kind of rising. I believe they were basically rising, right? Yeah. They are coming to the surface, so that means it's supposed to be like a very delicious smoke. And it is. I I bought like six or seven of these. And now they don't have them this aged anymore. They just have normal whatever. That's
1: when we were in there and that guy walked around and he was like, eh, no, No, I don't don't think so. (laughs) I went up right and grabbed all of them. I was like, oh, man, he doesn't know. Shucks. I guess I got to go get them. It's good, right? Always (sighs) is. is. I have a few more, but I just don't... Like, there's some of them that I just don't want to, like, smoke too much of.
2: It's just like, what if I die again. tomorrow, you know? Amen. Amen, brother. All right, so we're getting... First, starting into current events or what's happened in the news. Like, Keemstar, you know, fuck that guy. Let's get Bro, right into the news. Keemstar, dude. I
1: I didn't know much about him until recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, piece of shit.
2: Oh, hardly yeah. a piece of shit. Scam
1: artist. Like
2: oh that's so, why I put this Logan Paul. Should yeah, you muffle see, that. You out. Oh. oh my god! <laughs> Did tested, not muffle it out that much. I tested it. I tested it. Oh god! Oh. God. Um. So what do you want to talk about first? Um, oh wait. First off, fuck roaches. Like we're talking like cockroaches. Fuck yeah? them! All right. What if happened? I could have one superpower, Matt, it would be within a fifty-yard radius of me. If a roach gets near me, die immediately. Oh
1: my god. I would open up
2: a extermination business of only roaches. Only roaches. And people would pay me and I just walk around their house. They're gone, they'll be gone. That's it? Yep. I I just hate it because whenever it rains like really bad, Sean, you can you can agree with this. Yeah. They come up they come out like crazy. And they're not small they're the water roaches, so they fly and they're huge.
1: Yeah, San Antonio has a roach problem.
2: Yeah, hardcore one. Yeah, you know, you know, it's a constant battle every day when you see one, you're like Do I approach it? Dude, yeah. you always gotta. You always gotta how am address. I gonna use? How, what am I gonna use to kill this dude? Raid easiest way?
1: I just step on it.
2: Yeah, no, I'm too just much of a it. pussy. Oh
1: no, I just step on it.
2: Mm, get some. Like for Cassie, I'll Sorry. kill spiders with my hand, like bare hands. Yeah, like I did it the other day where I just smashed a spider. Did you my smash bare hand. a tarantula? Do bear hand? Nah, I'd step on it, but <laughs> I wouldn't. Sma- I'd probably get. <laughs> it. I'd curious. probably get a 12 gauge or some just bird just shot curious. for that. I was just
1: curious, dude. Speaking of 12 gauge and bird shot. Dude, I had a heated argument today. I was so upset. Did
2: someone say birdshot's good for home defense?
1: Absolutely what they said.
2: Are they... Okay, guys. Dude. uh, The fuck counter's gonna go up. Are they fucking dumb? Dude, What kind of FUD lore is that shit? I was like...
1: I was like, so what if somebody breaks in and they have a pistol? They have a pistol. You've got a couple of rounds. They have, like, 15. Let's say they have 15. Yeah. And they're like, like, no. They're like, no, like, uh, a shotgun, like, is the best home defense weapon.
2: Guys, uh, go watch Grantham. He shows how many layers of drywall, 12-gauge and 9-mil will go through. And also, you're a fucking bitch if you use birdshot for def- home defense. Like, you're going to piss somebody off
1: more than you, more than anything. Bro,
2: in the trauma unit? Mm-hmm. Right? My wife, I'm not going to use your name because I've... Sh- yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just said it earlier, but you know what I mean because I don't whatever. Um she had to there was a dude who got shot with bird shot three uh-huh. times. it was okay. Yeah. He, I mean he was in there because you know, he got shot. Yeah, yeah. But they were he like had to get him out still. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, some of them they left in, some of them they got to get out." But no broken bones and nothing. Yeah,
1: yeah, bird shot is not the way you, um I will fight it tooth and nail. So okay, best go, on,
2: go on with the story.
1: Go on with the story. Oh, so I was telling him, I was like, because my argument was, no, 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 like an AR is hands down the best firearm for home defense, absolutely, tooth and nail, bet three points of contact mm-hmm. that you get. Um, I don't, man, I got some echo there. Did you hear that?
0: Yeah. I think I think that was for weird. Like more experienced people.
1: No, you have three points of contact. Anybody who hardly even shoots a gun. Three points of contact yeah, like, is really good. Your hands because, and
2: then the stock into your yeah. shoulder. Well okay. unlike with the pistol where you only get two points of contact. Oh, okay. yeah, see? Which so, is both hands.
1: So three point huh? Can you get that
2: with a shotgun? Yeah, but here's the you issue, can. right? You give your grant you, you give your wife, let's say your wife weighs 120 pounds, a twelve gauge with fucking buckshot, yeah. right? Even if you get the low recoil loads, she the recoil isn't long. gonna be fun.
1: Not only that, buckshot is gonna go through
2: a wall, few like walls. A yeah, yeah, a few walls. You're going to kill your neighbor. You're going to kill Before your anything. Like, I mean, some people are going to be like, oh, well, with AR shooting 5.56, five, it's going to go through dry. Don't use full metal jacket rounds, don't. fucker. Every, everybody should know for home defense,
1: you do not use full metal jacket. And
2: then if you're going you with don't. like um, like 5.56 five, or 2.23, like you can always get 77 grain open tip match rounds, which will tumble after going through a couple layers of yep. drywall. Or make sure to stay away from like soft point bonded bullets because that's barrier blind. Mm-hmm. And that's like, we'll get into that in like another episode. But just. And then, no then you got to make up.
1: sure that the equilibrium of the quadratic line. Of right. The gu- and what's
2: <laughs> the humidity outside? <laughs> yeah. um, so wh- why are we arguing with the person though?
1: Because we were talking about, uh, they were talking about, I guess, a, a school shooting that just happened. Oh, you mean. No. you talking shooting. about the mall mall shooting in Allen. Maw shooting that just happened. You know how I many more people
2: you can kill with the shotgun with, bur- with buckshot? Dude. You're getting like one freaking center listen, mass. You're getting one shot kills.
1: Like it was like, I was so, like I sat there genuinely confused because I was like, no, like, like bird shot doesn't even make sense. And then I was like, if you're, if you're, let's say that there's 15, 15 feet between y'all or 15 oh, that- yards, 15 yards between y'all.
3: <laughs> right. Pattern.
1: Yeah. Like 15 yards between y'all like that pattern's going to go out so far and if they have a pistol like your chances of winning that fight are near none
2: like yeah you might like and get pellets was, like, on and he was he was like he was but.
1: like um he was like well they're probably not good shots like, sure how do let, you know let's that let's go let's go with they're not good shots yeah. let's go with that right they have 15 rounds Fif- all i got to do is keep 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 going shit and if it's bangers they probably got switches
2: so like Ah, uh, bro. Hurt my head. Hurt my head. I felt like crying. And let me guess his reasoning was all it takes with my 12 gauges one good one good shot.
1: Not even that. He didn't even say that. He just said like that that hey, was the shot was this dude
2: we were going to have on the podcast?
1: No, no, no. We should no, have no. this guy on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we should have Dude, this guy he would be down. Um, but listen, this is also the guy that came up to me and said be nice. It's also the guy that came up to me. And said that the mothership is now inside of our solar system. What mothership? I don't know the mothership. I mean, the mothership. I mean, maybe
2: we can just you know pick his brain and see what he's talking I, about.
1: Dude, listen, he would be down. I know that for a fact. He'd be down to come on.
2: I mean, that'd be it'd be in, it'd be interesting. I'd bring him on. I'd bring him on. I'd be. Yeah, him. he's done
1: You're but, watching this. You know who you are because I got up and I said, "Look, I was like, look, I think I lost 15- iq points on my iq right now from listening to this because it doesn't make sense
2: it doesn't because it doesn't you think when you're having an adrenaline dump you're gonna have the ability to rack the like for some people short anybody
1: for anybody that doesn't know about birdshot it's a it's a shell casing with a bunch of little bb's like the little bb's that you shoot growing up it's got a bunch of those in there and
2: -hmm. then it's got
1: gunpowder behind that it's got like a
2: men maybe like a wad but like it's like not a but to even keep that, it consistent yeah, it, they don't keep they don't stay no.
1: consistent they spread out Hardcore, they spread out yeah that's why it's called bird shot right so that way it spreads out and you're able to hit birds in the air right um and like you think of that and it's cuz birds are so fragile yeah right like like they like they say they just got feathers bro <laughs> yeah like like literally yeah. right uh and like i told him I was like have you ever heard of anybody like oh i'm going to go shoot a deer with bird shot it just doesn't make sense right no. like it doesn't make sense like and i was like sure like like you'll shoot somebody and they might get hit by pellets but now after you get them right after that bb makes contact their mind is now changed too their mind is i need to survive so if i if they also have something right to defend themselves they're going to use it to their advantage they're going to be like dude i got 15 rounds good luck everybody else
2: yeah, and like most people, especially, most people are going to not to say cheap out, but cheap out and get a pump action shotgun instead of semi automatic, yeah. mm-hmm. right? For sure. For sure. For sure. They're going to short stroke the action when they're trying to reload under stress. It happens all the time. If you don't manhandle it and actually bring the action all the way to the rear yeah. and then forward, yep, yep, yep. some people short stroke and then they give themselves, like, oh, why isn't it going big again?
1: Because I think re- we should have a home defense. Um Home Defense episode.
2: But then I'll ramble on and then people will be like, he's wonder, crazy.
1: He is crazy. Um This is called Two Guys Rambling. That's what it's kinda of like our thing now.
2: We use those all those four hours.
1: Oh no. I'm, and you see I'm for sorry, the YouTube
2: yeah. people out there, <laughs> yeah. this
1: They're like talking about demonetized. the demonetized yeah, become how how guns were manufactured. Right. Why? Um current events. We can go off the rambling part. I'm sorry, guys. I just I really had to get that off my chest today. And why were there so many freaking people at HEB today? So many people. I don't understand. It's a
2: Thursday. It's a
1: Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. I'm sorry. Uh,
2: what the fuck? My watch went back. Anyway. You bet. Are you on Tuesday or what? Okay. I I said it a Wednesday earlier.
1: Um, yeah, we, like, it's a Wednesday. Like, why were there so many people there? It doesn't make sense. Oh my God. Dude, I was so frustrated there. I had to get spinach for my mom so
2: (laughs) i was like oh that's that's random (laughs) yeah
1: i was upset
2: all right current events uh what are we going to first shooting at the Outland mall in allen texas
1: oh is that the one is that what we're talking about yeah first
2: yeah oh that's what we're talking about now Yeah, yeah yeah um honestly i don't know much about it do you so essentially what they're saying is it was a mexican dude right um he was a white supremacist somehow
1: he was a Hispanic, but a white supremacist. Yeah, that sounds confusing. And okay, so they released only if we had a bing boy to make sure that all this is accurate.
2: Oh no, one hundred percent. They're saying it's a white supremacist. No, no, I know, I know. Oh, I got
1: you. I need. We just want us. I just want us to be verified. You know.
2: Yeah, but what's crazy is shooting
1: in Allen, Texas.
2: Yeah. So what's crazy is like, um, whatever I you do, don't. There's video out there of like aftermath and like people who were there when it happened. Don't. Just don't look at it.
1: Oh, is it bad? Uh,
2: if it's the of the shooter dead, okay, look at it. But if it's like...
1: The shooter unalived? Yeah. Hey, make sure we write that down so I know when to put the dolphin noise.
2: Uh, Because there's like unalived people in like a cluster. Oh, no. And like it, there's no just full gore, everything. Really? And I'm pretty sure one of them was like a little girl. Oh, no. And it like shows and it was just don't, don't look at it. Don't. But um, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. So God, he was um. <laughs> he basically pulled up there with it, with his AR. I don't know if he was wearing armor or not. Um, all it, all I saw was like he, he had maybe a chest rig with like yeah six to eight you remember, magazines. Just scan
1: what you're saying. I got you. See you. what I mean? Like yeah. make my life easier.
2: I got you. Six to eight magazines and. The cop on a so a cop was just in the area and he heard the gunfire and he went to the gunfire and oh uh, really yeah and unalived him by hitting him literally like I believe in the eye yeah like headshot wow yeah and like his you can see of the, the deceased um, shooter his glasses there's like one of the lenses popped out oh, there on that, the floor wow That's what this is absolutely uh.
1: smoke. That's crazy, Sean. He's- make sure you monitor what you say.
2: Yeah, his name is Mauricio. Ah, uh, don't say his
1: name. Okay. Don't give that guy fucking
2: credit. Well, just to show he's Hispanic.
1: He's well, Hispanic, right? We know that. Fuck that guy. I don't. I don't, want, name- I don't want. I don't want his fucking name on here. <laughs>
0: his last name is Chris. I
1: don't want to know. I don't want to know his name. Fuck that guy.
0: I respect um, it. I respect it.
1: I think that should be like a rule of ours. Like because people do this do this for fame. Yeah. You know
2: what I mean? They want their name well, to be out there. You know what's there. confusing to me? What's All that? right. This Tell dude me. did it, and then they did a deep dive in like his social media, and they're saying he's a white supremacist, and that um there was like a I believe it was telegram or something that he followed like white supremacist groups and stuff, but really? I'm like, you know what's interesting,
1: Sean, can you find that stuff that about him being a white supremacist? They, they gave where, us where they all them?
2: that information but we just don't have any f- all right
1: oh conspiracy we still
2: don't have any information Let me my aluminum real quick. right. We still don't have any information from the trans shooter. Shot up the, uh, oh, yeah. Christian school. Yeah. Yeah. We still don't know much about it. The, uh, the cops said they had a manifesto from the trans shooter, right? Uh huh. But they're not going to release it. But then we 100% dive in rabbit hole. Like, yeah, know all oh, this all of a sudden. He's a white supremacist. Like, we have pictures from yeah. our social media and stuff. And then the, even the supermarket shooter who went to the African American yeah. community. Yep. yep. Boom. They released it. They showed his manifesto. Yeah. Like everything about him, why he did it. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. Why, depending on the certain Uh, personality traits Mm -hmm. or ideas somebody has, do we, why don't we treat them, why don't we treat them all all the same way across the board? Yeah. They went with the intent to kill innocent people, Mm -hmm. even if, so then why don't we go and talk about why they did that? Why is it just, oh, well, this shooter, like we're, we're just, we have the manifesto, but we're not going to waste it, release it at this time. Yeah. Like, especially
1: with the, with the trans shooter, because they were saying like, um, they were, they were blaming it on the school. Yeah. They're the, like, oh, it's the school's fault because the school did
2: this Yeah, and People that were and defending the, the trans shooter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All over Twitter. That's cesspool. Fuck Twitter. Um, yeah. Uh,
1: I think we have a Twitter.
0: He had Nazi tattoos uh,
1: and he's a Hispanic dude. Bruh, this guy got a pop filter still isn't talking to the mic oh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but they're saying it's kind of like a well i'm better than mexicans type of deal like i'm not even though he's suspended. but they said he was gang affiliated
1: i'm so confused about this now
2: like he was like mexican gang affiliated really yeah
1: but he was a white supremacist nazi tattoos so
2: i don't know dude they, it like, makes no they sense only found out he
1: was a white
0: supremacist through his social media so that means that there had to be, like, a lot
1: of it on there, right? I mean, I'm sure he... What, what Javi was saying is that he, like, followed, like, a bunch of white supremacists.
2: But see, here's the like thing. Bullshit. It's the government. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just never know, right? Yeah. Like,
2: and then, like, with the El Paso what What is Wendigoon
1: saying? Like, if you don't think that your government would do that, think again or something. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like oh, and if you ever say, the government wouldn't do that. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs>
2: Yes, they would.
1: Yes, they would.
2: Yeah, Waco. Oh, dude.
1: Bro, that's... Waco. Though. That That's like a whole episode on its because okay. Waco is
2: crazy. Dude, I... Ruby... Ri- oh, no. We're, you don't they really say that's white supremacist stuff? If you bring up Waco or Ruby Ridge, you're a white supremacist. Why? Because it's what the FBI classified as, like, militia talk. Militia they speak.
1: classified Waco as a white supremacy
2: thing? Because... I thought no, no, not not the whole shooting, but if you reference it uh-huh. in like the terms of like what the government was willing to do and like f the ATF, yeah, 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 they say it's like a white. I'll like see if I can find the bulletin. That's a white supremacy. Only thing. Only if we had a
1: Bing boy to do this for us.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the the, the. f the FBI
1: the FBI um, classifying
2: Waco and Waco. Ruby Ridge as white supremacists. As white supremacists. It's either, and then they said like the three percenter that's white supremacist, Punisher School white supremacist. Um, if you're like very patriotic, that's like fascist and white supremacist. Yeah, I know that one. And I'm like
1: a given now, apparently.
2: And a couple. And that's so. why we're
1: gonna get an American flag right here, not because we're white supremacists, but because we, we love, love our, our fucking country. country. Yep. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we fucking love our country, so. We're definitely get an American flag for this wall here.
2: Bro, my little sister oh, said dead. there was a little girl in her class. They were doing a history thing. We're uh-huh. going on a tangent here. They were doing a history thing. And it was like, so you guys are socialists. Find who the communists are. Like imposter, right? Like the game Among Us. Okay. Right? And a little girl, um, she was like, oh, I was socialist, but I'd be more than happy to be a communist. And I was like... Bro, you don't even know what the fuck communism is, no, bro.
1: And this is part of the problem is that we're so far detached from communism. We've never had to witness communism at its fullest, right? Like with the Berlin Didn't Wall. Did Stalin
2: kill like 10 million people? And
1: dude, I'm sure it's way more than 10 million people. Like, he's somebody who, like, like would put sick people on an island and just l- leave them there.
2: And then that's not even including what the Chinese did. No. They during their revolution, like I was I was
1: watching this video and video the other guy uh, uh, the other day, and this guy was supporting um, North Korea. Was saying that like North Korea is like
2: well it's not that bad of a place like bro I know someone personally who said well North Korea is being pretty successful right now and I was like what the successful fuck? in they're what? starving to Star- death bro literally
1: starving to death like you know the United States sends food over there right. We send food over Why? there. No idea.
2: They say fuck you, fuck them.
1: We literally send food over there. I'll never forget okay. watching this documentary of uh, they have a really bad issue with um, cataracts.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, and doctors go over there and help. And right? help
1: them. Like the doctors, doctors go over there and help them. Um, they pull out the cataracts. Not yeah. cataracts. It's like um, it's almost like a like a contact, but it grows under the pupil.
2: Yeah, and so they got to cut it. Uh, out, so they have right? to
1: cut people and pull it out and literally pull it out and it, and
2: it clears your vision like it clears your vision you're able to see yep. it again it, they say it's one of the most easiest surgeries nowadays literally because because we're so far advancing it well, anyways this,
1: ones this ones. doctor goes over there right and does that and as people are coming out of the of the surgery they're literally going in front of these pictures of oh, kim jong-un yeah, and kim jong-il and, thanking, and them. thanking them for giving the doctors the power to do this and to give them their and saying. Like, we, we wish death on America.
2: Yep, and... Like, I will fight till my last now, breath. Now that we're talking about, you know, fuck commies. Hey, you out there who's a communist? Fuck you. All right? My grandfather didn't fight commies just for commies to be here in America. All right?
1: It, we're just so far detached from it. It is. That, that, we are that nobody, nobody knows, you know? Like, we... We have the luxury of not seeing true communism today.
2: And, the, yeah, dude, I hate people who live here and they're like, fuck America. Makes and I'm no like, sense. The fuck you mean fuck America? Go try living somewhere else. Anywhere else. Any- anywhere else. Anyway, anywhere. So, oh, I'm sorry. we're going to, uh, you know, <laughs> fuck communism. Yeah, fuck Sorry communism. for the tangent. We're back to uh, our topic of the day, and that is Memorial Day. Fuck communism. Fuck communism. <laughs> <The> only- <laughs> oh, God. We have to bleep that out, Avi. Hey, can you, okay, you have to promise me you're gonna bleep this out. All right? Yeah, I'll bleep it out. All right. Sean, write this down. Sean, write down the time. Like, write down right now exactly the time. God, this guy's gonna go on. All right? Hey.
1: Do it's I bleep like out st- that? Do I bleep out that whole thing? Yeah, you should. Okay, I'll it bleep out like the whole a thing.
2: Solid ten seconds of just. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Be- because I feel like they would target beep. us, and I'd yeah, probably put. A, yeah, because. F- anyway, I'm also gonna
1: bleep that out too. Back right to on. our
2: back to our regularly scheduled programming. Um, so <laughs> we can talk about <laughs> Memorial Day today.
1: Woohoo! Memorial Day. I mean, I mean,
2: is it kind of like a sad thing? It is. I mean, it is. kind thing. I don't
1: know if it's a sad thing. It's kinda like you're remembering You got to remember like, why we are able to live in the country that we live in today because of those pirates freedom because freedom bodies. is not free. Nope. Not free at all. I don't care what people say, what people think.
2: And even if you think like the war we did or what we were doing was unjust, right? Take that up with the politicians. Yep. Don't take that up with the soldiers who yep. are out there yep, fighting, yep, okay? Yep. They're just listening. They're, they're listening to I mean, orders. Someone's going to be like, they're just following orders. Well, that's what the Nazis did. All right. Okay. Whatever. But they're just doing what they think is in the best interest of their country. Yep. Anyway. So Memorial Day was originally called Decoration Day. Oh. And it started on May 30th, 1868. Damn. And it was to commemorate, not the Confederates, because fuck you, yeah, but fuck the, the Union... Soldiers, oh really, who died fighting in the oh, Civil interesting. War. Interesting, that's pretty cool. So I didn't know that, but at, in 1873, New York officially designated it a legal holiday, huh? And it honors and mourns U.S. military personnel. Have we have as we have been talking about? And so the way we're going to get into this, all right, boys and girls, is we are going to talk about every single war, every single war. So Except I left, go, I left out the golf war. I left out the golf war because you know I was like, mm. yeah, golf war. I mean, it was a war, yeah. but
1: yeah, now I get you. You know gonna, what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to say the big wars, but like key, yeah, like yeah. World War One, World War Two. Yeah, so like...
2: we're going to talk about like um, the wars, and then like feats of um, heroism, and then we're just going to get into like you know crazy stories and stuff yep, like that. Yep. Not every single person I'm going to talk about died doing their feat of heroism but it was more of like uh that they were willing to sacrifice their life for even if it's not for the country but for the people on their left and right, you know? Yeah. Like for their fellow countrymen. So, the first one we're going to get into is uh, World War 1 and World War 1, okay? We lost 116,516 US soldiers. Oh my god. Yeah, and that was just in World War like we we they hardly talk about it. You know what I mean? How that many our soldiers crazy. absolutely fighting in World War 1. Like you see like you hear about the French, you hear about the yep, Brits, yep. hear about the Germans, hear about the like um bro they do, they don't even get into the Ottoman Empire in World War 1 unless you talk about the Australians that were fighting the Turks. Really? Yeah, like hardcore. Wow. Maybe we'll have a World War 1 episode. Um but on September 26, 1918, right? So, one of the offensives that we lost the most American soldier was the, I'm going to say it wrong because I'm pretty sure this is French, Meuse-Argonne Offensive, right? So, it lasted from September 28th to 1918, well, September 26th, 1918, until the Armistice on November 11th, 1918, which is 47 days of fighting. We used 1.2 million U.S. soldiers, right? It was across the entire front. Oh, my God. So, we, like, at basically, like, hey, everyone across this front is going to go and fucking fight. Okay. 1.2 million soldiers. Oh, my
1: Jesus.
2: So, there was a guy named Sergeant Henry Johnson, right? He was an African-American. He was one of the one. He got it post, um, like, after he died. But he okay. didn't die in combat. He died, like, later on. Okay. And then, like, until recently is when they gave him the Medal of mm-hmm. Honor. Because, you know, they're racist fucks back then. So... What happened was he was inside of a uh, basically in a trench with his friend. And sometimes what the Germans would do is they would send raiding parties, and the whole goal is the raiding party is to capture in World War One in World War One, yeah, mm-hmm. to capture a ger- to capture an American soldier to bring him back to their lines to interrogate him and see what the plan is of attack or whatever, yeah. right? So he was inside of a uh, basically the trench with one of his friends. I don't have the name of his friend. But, um, they attacked at night and he's fighting his, he gets wounded. He gets shot like two or three times and he kills like a couple of them. And then they start trying to drag off one of his friends. Right. So he pulls out his bolo knife and goes up to one of the Germans who's dragging off his friend and stabs him in the head. Right. But they're fighting like full on hand to hand fighting and he's able to break it because it's hard to find like the exact story. Because He died, I think, in like the 40s. So, and that then his sense. so they're like writing the citation from like an officer who wrote it down. Okay, right? so they said he like stabbed him in the head and he fought off the other ones and he was able to break the attack and you know rescue his friend. And then, even though he was like severely wounded and basically pull him out, like, hey, like, yeah, this might suck, but <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like crazy to think about like you and your friend sitting on a trench. Germans come. They shoot me, shoot you. Then they're trying to drag you off and kill a couple of them. He's probably out of rounds in his bolt action. Yeah. Pulls out his fu- a, a fucking knife, dude. And <sighs> goes and just goes and works, you know what I mean? That's crazy. Goes and absolutely slaughters.
0: Crazy.
2: And that's like one of the there's there's some other feats of heroism for World War one, but none of them are like as crazy as that one. Yeah. I mean, there's probably some crazier ones. I'm sure out there's there. crazy.
1: I'm sure there's a ton of stories out there,
2: right? That we're not. But it's very not hard be able to find, to
1: get to every single one of them.
2: Okay, I know you know we briefly talked about World War One, but uh, we have some really long ones coming up. Gotcha. So I'm gonna like World War One, crazy. Now we're into World War Two. Yeah, World War Two.
1: So World War Two, we lost
2: four hundred and five thousand three hundred ninety nine U.S. soldiers. What? Yeah, four hundred and what? Four hundred and five thousand three hundred ninety nine jesus all right i gotta i gotta i gotta gotta hop back to my notes hold on
1: go to the notes while i talking talking notes how are you doing out there today hope i hope this podcast doesn't bring you all right just so memorial the
2: first the first one we're going to talk about right is one of my favorites if you've ever seen the pacific you know about this guy right his name was gunnery well he was a gunnery sergeant john bassalone okay okay so on Guadalcanal, that is where he got his Medal of Honor, all right? Okay. So, Guadalcanal, brutal, yeah, fighting the Japanese. I believe that's where our Navy kind of got defeated, and then our guys were stuck on the island for a little bit. I okay. might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was Guadalcanal. Um, and then what happened was they took the airfield, right? Yep. And this is the Marines before they got in on Grands. So, they had bolt-action, like, Springfields, right? And they had, like, the water-cooled uh, machine guns from back then. Jeez. So, John Bassalone was a, I believe at this time he was a squad leader for the, uh, for the machine gun team, I guess. And so, he was on the perimeter of the um, airfield mm-hmm. and they knew the Japanese were going to push him, right? So, he's in, on his machine gun waiting for them to come and the Japanese launch a illumination flare. Okay. Right bunch of them dude they're, and they set up a uh, barbed wire instantly
1: thought about that scene from uh we were soldiers yeah we were oh, soldiers were they right on top yeah, of them well, they're literally yeah. right on top of them they're all like oh, well see
2: what's smart about them is they had their emplacements so they had like they put log little fucking pillboxes, little bunkers okay. little trench yeah and then they had like of course like a uh, barbed wire and stuff like that i was thinking of that scene
0: from hacksaw ridge where he like falls asleep and he's having a dream and he wakes up and he sees the flare go up. And he peeks over the top of the trench. And there's just one of them sitting right there looking Jeez, right yeah. At yeah.
1: Nope.
2: Mm-hmm. Brutal, dude. World War II, Nothing I would either. say, fighting the Japanese as a Marine, probably one of the most brutal fighting. I mean, the yeah. Germans, okay, but the Japanese were fanatical. Yeah, yeah. Like, they would just throw their bodies at you. Like, it, they don't care. They They'd rather die than be dishonored or fucking, like, surrender yeah, yeah, yeah it was to the end they
1: also like juiced them up too mm-hmm, so with drugs right yeah yep like heroin
2: and shit just like that's a just that's like a a na- fact just like the nazis with mm-hmm. amphetamines yep that's Nazi- a hey fact. little known fact the nazis were taking meth kamikazes oh dude yeah
1: kamikazes were cr- were in that state of mind because they were juiced up
2: drugs
1: yep. mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it, it constantly freaks me out like Thinking about the Vietnam one? Yeah,
1: get closer to your mic a little bit, man. You got Sorry. a pop filter now. Thinking about the Vietnam War and like them
0: hiding
2: in the trees? Yeah. Mm, yep. That shit's scary. Right, trust me, we're going to get into that. Um, so anyway, John Bassalone, Guadalcanal. He's part of 1st Battalion, 7th Marines, 1st Marine Division. So essentially what happened was they started uh, pushing them. And it was at night, so not during the day. And he just starts having at it, right, with mm-hmm. his uh, machine gun. And there's instances where like it'll jam- he it would jam and he would have to pull his pistol and start engaging them with his pistol, right? And there was so he got like um, third degree burns on okay. his arm because one of the other positions their machine gun jammed and he was displacing himself, moving to their position to back them up. Yeah. But he forgot he couldn't find the mitt, so you know the machine gun's stupid hot. Yeah. Bare hands it. Right. Burning his skin and stuff. Pushes over there. Helps break um, the Japanese push over there. And according to this, right? He killed. Okay, Matt? I'm listening. That night, 38 Japanese fighters by himself. With just his machine gun and just a pistol. What? Yep. How many? 38. Just him by himself? By himself. He was attributed with 38 kills that night.
1: Yep. Dude, that is insane. Just
2: to think about that. Like, you killed 38 guys. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously.
2: But here's the sad thing, right? So, he goes and um, he basically, they're like, oh, you did outstanding work. So, you're going to go on like a victory tour and get us more war bombs, right? So, he does that, and he starts, like, missing the fight, missing his friends. So, he starts training uh, at, I don't know if it was Pendleton or where, training uh, Marines. And he's the one who comes up with, um, on the machine gun, the 1919, this is after they used, I don't know which one the water-cooled one is, I always forget. Okay. But he makes a kind of, like, um, basically, like, wires that you slink over the barrel, so you can pick it up and fire it from the hip and he's like he came up with kind of i believe he's the one who was attributed with that idea wow because he said it was a pain to you know pick up and try to fire from the hip the other he machine would know, gun. Right? yeah exactly right so what sucks so much though is that he trained marines and he deployed with them he deployed with them when they're gonna hit iwo jima right which if no, if you out there don't know about iwo jima it's like Called, like, uh, the Sulphur Rock or something like that. And it is probably the bloodiest battle of World War II. Like, the Marines called it the meat grinder. If you were like, a hero, like, there's so many instances of guys that had valor there that got medals. But they died. Like, there was one dude, a story I read a while back. He would move to and from the beach getting wounded. And then he would, like, at one point, as he was coming back to the beach... I believe an artillery shell just smoked them because what the Japanese did was they pre-ranged the beach and they pre-ranged even out to the ocean because they knew where our landing sh- crafts were going to be and all that. So that when they put um, artillery pieces in Mount Sarabachi, which is the big mountain over there, they kind of cut tunnels into the mountain. So they had artillery guns where they would come out fire and then they'd pull them back in and... It would, they would be like extremely well camouflaged. So they had the beach zeroed, where like as soon as they were getting off the landing craft, like just absolute slaughter. But, um, Damn. so he was a part of that, right? He died on their D-Day. Okay. The D Day. Okay. He died clearing a Japanese blockhouse, which is like, you know, a fortified structure. Mm-hmm. So think about that. He got Guadalcanal, got the Medal of Honor, right? Yep. Then he's he's like, I need to be fighting with, like, my friends. You know what I mean? I can't be the only one who's back while everyone else, all all the other Marines are fighting and dying. So he goes. He goes on Iwo Jima. Clearing out a blockhouse, dies. Like, it's just, like, people don't understand, like, movies and all that. Like, yeah, you can be a hero, but it doesn't mean you're not going to die. Yeah. Because there were so many guys who got the Medal of Honor. Doing crazy heroic stuff yeah, this and this is.
1: died. I was looking for this because this is one of my, um, Reagan had this speech that he did for Memorial Day. Um, I want, I think they said 1985. Um, and this is a, his name is, uh, Private Martin Treptow, Treptow or something like that. Uh, he had almost reached his goal. He was running, um, messages back and forth. Mm-hmm. Literally running on two feet, right? Um, and he had almost reached uh, where he needed to go when a machine gun dropped him. Um, when they found his body, they found a, uh, like a, a journal. And in the journal, uh, he wrote, um, he wrote, my pledge, America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure, I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost As in, as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. Damn. That, and, and he was a private dude. He was a private. Yep. Like, just running messages back and forth though. That I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure, I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. It's crazy. It's... reading those words, dude, and to have that You know, that mind of America, right? Like, and knowing what you're fighting for while you're out there. um, It's just crazy to me.
2: All right. So we're going to get in to another one from World War II. Okay. he is the only dentist to receive the Medal of Honor. A dentist? Yeah, okay. Um, I'm all ears, buddy. This dude, savage. Okay. All right. Absolute fucking savage. So his name... Was Captain Benjamin L. Solomon, right? Yep. So, Solomon, he was a dentist before the war, but he joined the Army as a combat medic in 1940. And on July 7th, 1944, while serving as a dentist and a field surgeon with the 2nd Battalion, 105th Inf- Infantry Regiment, 27th Infantry Division, in the Pacific Theater, he was in charge of an aid station near Saipan, okay? Okay. So... The Japanese launched a massive assault on all American lines, okay? So an aid station, it's where wounded soldiers are taken a little bit far back from the front lines to get like treatment, whether that be like surgery or like mainly like surgery, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Like when you have like horrible wounds. Mm-hmm. And so what Solomon did was he ordered like the wounded to be evacuated, but he still stayed behind. To provide medical aid and to defend the aid station against the Japanese. So, the Japanese attack, right? Mm-hmm. His aid station. And there was a wounded soldier with a Browning 1919. That's a machine gun. Okay. The belt-fed one. That yeah. um, So, what he did was he picked up that belt-fed machine gun, right? Picked up that and he had his pistol with him. And he killed 98 Japanese soldiers.
0: What? Yup. What did you say his name was?
2: His name was uh, Captain Benjamin L. Solomon. Hmm. Fucking whack. That's 98 crazy. Japanese soldiers, right? All on his own. A
1: dentist.
2: God. Right? And so, because of that, many wounded soldiers were able to evacuate, right? uh-huh. and he saved, like, a bunch of lives, but, like, 98 Japanese soldiers. Did he make it? No. He got overwhelmed and killed. <sighs> yeah, he died in... In the action, like he, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I couldn't find how long he was up for. How long it but that was probably yeah. a minute 90, to kill. Yeah, ninety-eight. 98. Need to drop ninety-eight. That especially if they're fucking like you know, because the Japanese, not to say they didn't have tactics, but there were some instances where they just charged like bonsai charges. Yeah. So, because you know, there was a, the largest bunsai charge, which was like five thousand Japanese soldiers. Five thousand. Yeah, they didn't survive. <laughs> oh my lord yeah i forget it was because one of the i think generals like it was either surrender or bonsai charge and they were like well surrendering's for bitches so let's bun- do tra- it bonsai charge the american lines damn he wasn't awarded the medal of honor though until 2002 yeah jesus christ which
1: is that's a
2: long time it is a long time Some people are like, oh, like you know, that's myth, like. But I'm like, there's no way, like, like a legend or something. No, not like a legend, but some people say like we, us Americans, we fluff the numbers on kills in combat. Mm -hmm. But like, what I've heard is like we're pretty good at verifying kills because I think in order to verify a kill, kill, don't quote me on this, um, an officer or someone who's like. Like a high, not a high rank, but like an officer or a higher yeah. NCO. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you killed. Like, yeah, verify the kill. You know what I mean? Yeah. But ninety eight, dude. That's crazy. So that's man. for World War Two, right? I'm just touching on like two Medal of Honor recipients yeah, per, per war, yeah. right? So the next one we're gonna get hey, into real quick, real quick. Yeah.
1: How long do you think we've been recording? No, 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 not that no, one. No, no. An hour? Just almost. Shit.
0: Yeah. Hey, hey, real quick. I want to talk about this guy. His name is. Lachman Gurung? I think I'm pronouncing that right. Okay. During World War II, he was holding a position somewhere. Okay. And as he was going to throw a grenade, it exploded in his hand. Okay. He held that position against 200 enemy soldiers for four hours using only his left hand.
2: What? He... He blew off his hand. My. And then he left handed, held off 200 enemy soldiers. For how long? Four hours. Did he die? Uh, no. He's still alive.
1: He's still alive today? Yeah. What war was that?
2: World War
0: II.
1: God, bro. Damn. Hey. They don't make them like these. <laughs> no. God. Honestly.
0: Dude. He killed
2: 31 Japanese.
3: Dude. <laughs>
0: God, it's crazy.
2: Oh, and then so now we're going to get into the Korean War. The, they okay. Some say the Forgotten War. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Which is for like sure the, the Korean War was probably the most brutal, dude. Like once the once we started pushing back the Koreans, right, and then the Chinese jumped in, it was just kind of like, hey, see that American position over there? Bum yeah. rush it. Like Bruh. the Battle of the Chosen Reservoir. Okay. okay. I, I don't. I didn't. I tried looking for Medal of Honor recipient from there, but I couldn't find one. So the Battle of Ch- Chosen Reservoir, insanely horrible. Crazy. I believe the number was... This is when I looked it up in high school. 3,000 Marines versus around 60,000 Chinese soldiers. And they stacked bodies. I think they said the Marines killed around like 50K Chinese soldiers. I mean, we still lost the position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, you know... At some point, you can get overrun. Yeah, exactly. What (laughs) ammo? Yeah, (laughs) seriously. And so, Forgotten War. Really interesting... Um, we had a lot of soldiers like freeze to death during that war. We had a lot of like hand to hand encounter, like a lot of soldiers hand to hand encounters. Yeah, like one of the most savage wars. But um, we lost thirty six thousand five hundred and seventy four. Right. Okay. So there is one guy who I'm talking about two guys from Medal of Honor. Uh, I couldn't find his unit or what rank he was, but it's Charles Abrell, right? So what happened was there, um, him and his unit were pushing on a basically like a ridge but it was like a in place enemy with machine gun bunkers and stuff okay and his the squad in front of him gets pinned down so he pushes up to them pushes past them right gets shot two to three times okay still continues going okay. gets to the bunker pulls the pin of a grenade jumps in kills himself with all everyone in the machine gun bunker because they said I believe it was because he was mortally wounded, so he okay. was like it like,
1: was at this at he, the point where he was he's like, like, I'm not gonna make
2: it. He was like, Fuck it, might as well take these guys with Yeah. Me. yeah. God, and he's attributed dude. with allowing them to uh, basically take the position. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Dude. I might I might Talk have about sacrifice. I might have goofed, I might have goofed. I forgot someone from World War II. Okay. We're gonna jump back really quick, folks. So this dude went to Central Catholic. I graduated there. For those okay, that don't okay. know, his uh, Medal of Honor—it's not the real one—but we have a little thing. Like when a you replica. Walk- yeah, we have the okay. little thing when you walk in. It gives a story, and it's sure. his Medal of Honor is there. His name was William J. Borderline. So he was a part. He was a Staff Sergeant. He was a part of First Battalion, 18th Marine, Second Marine Division. He got his M- Medal of Honor on Tarawa on the 20th of November, 1943. So when Tarawa, when they hit the beach. Immediately, like, taken under fire, right? For sure. Everyone in his landing craft died except for him and three other people. And I think on the landing craft, there was like maybe 15 people. Oh. God. Right? Okay. So, what he okay. did was.
1: Have you seen that family guy where it's, uh, Brian's like telling Stewie a story? He's like,
2: okay. Okay. And he's like all <laughs> nervous and scared. <laughs> right? That's how I feel right now, dude. <laughs> Just be okay. So, um, basically, what happened was, um, his job was to, uh, he was a demolitions expert. So his job was to destroy pillboxes with satchel charges. Yeah. So he gets the first one. As he's moving to the second one, he gets shot two times, right? Oh, Jesus. Still arms his charge, throws it in, goes off. I believe he helped her guys with first aid. So like he would take him to like where the landing zone was to mm-hmm. kind of like an aid station, come back. He, he was moving to the third pillbox, right? So on the third pillbox, he got hit again while moving the charge on the third pillbox, right? But he still stayed fighting, okay? Goes to the fourth pillbox, throws his charge, dies. Like, Can you tell they sh- everybody what a pillbox is? So a pillbox is basically like a... Um, think about like... I don't know if you know people keep up with the Ukraine. Or if you've played any video games, it's like basically a trench where they build kind of like... Um, probably the Japanese were using wood. So they would build kind of like a wood roof, w- wood siding. Sometimes they'd use concrete and it's basically you have slits like gun ports and they would put a machine gun to shoot out of the gun ports. But the slits are like narrow, we like, narrow, like taking return fire. It's hard to get the machine gunner when you're, when you're shooting at him at the pillbox, but it's easy for him to get you because he has all this rain, like filled of fire essentially yep so he his job was to take out those pillboxes so that follow-on forces like other landing craft whether that be the second or third wave could successfully take the beach so his job was to essentially take the beachhead so that we can push more forces and continue on taking the island but um so when he was arming his charge for the fourth pillbox basically they said he was able to get it in like he throws it in and then takes like a fatal shot and dies But imagine that, like, he got shot, second pillbox, still continues, takes out the third, and then he's like, okay, I still got to keep fighting. Goes to the fourth, and he doesn't think about himself like, oh, maybe I should get first aid. Maybe I should lay here and feel sorry about my... Keeps going.
1: God, dude.
2: That's crazy crazy
1: to think about. Mm -hmm. Oh, my
2: God. Just the will, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, back to the Korean War. Korean War. There's a guy... That was named Stanley Adams. I didn't get the uniters rank right. So it was one in the morning. Okay, hundred and fifty and hundred and fifty Chinese rush his position at one in the morning. So guess what he does? What does he gets do? thirteen of his get, gets thirteen guys. Okay, tells them to fix bayonets, and they rush at the hundred and fifty Chinese rushing his position. Right.
1: 13 guys.
2: 13 guys. Against
1: 150.
2: Yes. Rushing them out. Like they fix. So fixed bayonets. Basically, he puts a bayonet on his rifle, which is a, a knife. decent. Yeah, a knife. Mm-hmm. knife. It's probably like a decent length of like yep. six, seven inches. Mm-hmm. And he runs at the uh, oncoming enemy force and goes hand to hand with them. Basically, like stabbing, killing people with the butt of his rifle. He's a trip. Him and his 13 guys <sighs> are attributed okay. with killing Anywhere from fifty to eighty of the attackers, bro. What? Yes. With bayonets. With bayonets. I mean, of course, they probably fired a sure, shot. Sure, for you, sure. Yeah, I'm sure you shot a few of them. But fifty to eighty, dude. Imagine the brave. Still mind blowing. You on see, 150, 150 guys, guys rushing at, at, you, at you.
1: Yeah, and you just and you're just. Let's do it. You're like, hey, uh, guys,
2: uh, fix bayonets. Let's
1: load. Let's load up and go. God, dude, talk about freedom not being free. It's not free to get freedom. Nope. And the reason why we're going over this is because this is why we celebrate. This is why on Memorial Day you take the time to sit down, be with your family, and enjoy the land that we're in. And no I know, matter what side you're on.
2: Yeah, and some people are like oh, well, you know, it's a little, little cringe. Like, what do you mean cringe? cringe? Like, we are basically like we're talking about acts of heroism yeah. on Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. When we're supposed to, like, not to say like, there's probably, you know, guys out there who died doing acts of heroism and they weren't for sure. They weren't like given awards. They weren't looked at. But but let's be real. Most of these guys aren't doing these acts of heroisms for awards. No, that's not why they're there. Nope. Most of them could care less if they're given medals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
1: A lot of, a lot of Men and women would turn down medals. Yep. Like, cause that's not what they did it for. Yep, they didn't do it. They, they do it. they didn't do it for medals. They didn't do it to get decorated. Yep. They did it to fight for their country.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, God. All right. So now we're getting into Vietnam. Oh,
1: Vietnam. Oh, Vietnam. All right. All right.
2: Okay, this one's gonna be a long fucking story. Is this the one I'm thinking of? Yes, it is.
1: Oh, dude.
2: Alright, hold on. So
1: Sean, you gotta listen to this story, dude, because it's Oh, hit the mic. It's okay, you're good. This is this is a really long story, but we I'm talk talk about acts of heroism. Like this is another level
2: of Alright, I'm heroism gonna be reading sure. a lot from my phone, so please don't shit on me. <laughs> please don't shit on him. <laughs> please. Yeah. He's just a boy. <laughs>
1: I hope everybody celebrates Memorial Day this year. No matter what side of the party Hold you're enough.
2: on. I'm, I'm hopping between. You know,
1: I've never been tempted to fight somebody. But hey, you're still far away from your mic, man. Right. Um, probably have to look at it when you're talking.
0: At the school that I go to? You know we don't even do the pledge anymore?
1: Y'all don't do the pledge in school anymore? No. You know?
0: <sighs> man, Bro, not nice. everyone believes in God. We, we did it for like
1: the first four what? months, maybe five months. Oh, they just stopped it.
0: No, no. Like they stopped it back in December, yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying, like they just stopped it this year,
0: oh yeah, Damn. and uh even when they were doing it, I didn't see a lot of people stand up.
1: It sucks,
2: yep, they just don't fucking care yeah, it really sucks, but, you um,
1: yeah, I think that's the biggest thing too, is that like um, like no matter which way you put it, um America is a fantastic country when you're able to go and um have a when you're able to live in a country and be able to say shit you want to say
2: yeah you can you can can shit on this country as much as you want yeah you can protest bro nobody cares you're not gonna get thrown in the back of the van and then smoke later
1: and that and i think that's what most people don't understand and don't see like uh like have you seen the protests in russia
2: immediately Mm snatched up,
1: thrown in the back of a van and taken away um or like uh like a year or two ago when they were protesting in uh cuba or in china they were protesting in Cuba, and and, uh cuban soldiers started opening fire on civilians
2: can't forget Um, china or or iran does the same thing cuba
1: what else they did too is they cut off all communication so that way so that way you couldn't that way they couldn't post about that stuff on the internet yeah um and so word couldn't get out it's crazy like, like that doesn't happen in the United States. You know what I mean? Sure. Is the United, is there flaws?
2: Yeah, for sure. 100%. But tell me your relationship don't got flaws out there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, especially in the grand scheme of things, we're a new country.
2: Yeah. We're, we're bit, not we're an old new. country. No, not like Britain or mm. France or Italy mm. or mm. Spain, no any yeah. European country. Nope.
1: Um, China. Like, we're not, we're not that old. No um and so and that's not to say that things aren't great because they are you live in one of the if not the freest country in the world yes where you can go out there and you can say shit you want to say yep. and you don't get thrown in the back of a van um and hauled away and if you think that that is um why like, you if you think that that's just bullshit that we're just making that shit up. Like, look it up. Take a couple of minutes um, to look up how um, protests and riots work in China or in North Korea. What, what protest? protest? Yeah, yep. seriously. Um, hey,
2: but if you want to live in your echo chamber and not see outside views, then go ahead and not go look ahead. it up. Yeah, yeah. Like, just turn off the podcast yeah, now if you want to live in your echo chamber. Seriously, seriously. But anyway, so in uh, Vietnam... We lost 58,220 soldiers. Damn. And that's not including the 1,585 that are still MIA.
1: Still MIA?
2: You know, whether they were captured or any of the crazy shit. All right. So the person we're going to talk about is Sergeant Benavidez. I'm pretty sure you've heard. If you've anywhere on the Internet looked at Mr. Ball and stuff or any of that. You would kind of know the story. Yep, I'm gonna talk from my phone a lot because it's it's a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Mr. Benavides' story is a long story, but it's one of the craziest, craziest I've ever heard. So of.
2: Sergeant Benavides was a Green Beret, and he was helping out SOG teams, McAfee SOG teams. If you don't know who what those are, look that up. I'll probably explain that after I tell you the story. So, one of them, as soon as they get to their landing zone, gets in, like, insane contact with the North- Northern Vietnamese Army to the point that almost all team members are dead or wounded. So, Sergeant Benavides, they tried one extraction. Then they tr- they go and try to extract them a second time because I believe the first helicopter got shot up bad. Mm-hmm. So, Sergeant Benavides volunteers to go for the second extraction, right? Okay. So... What he does is he directs the aircraft to uh, basically to a clearing like a hey, land over here as they're coming in because they're taking fire. Yeah. And most of the team members cannot move because they're either dead or wounded to the um, to the basically the landing zone. So he jumps out of the helicopter as it's hovering. Right. Okay. He runs 75 meters under small arms fire to basically the crippled team and he gets wounded in the legs, face and head, right? And yeah, so he oh. takes I believe All he right. got shot in the leg and the arm and I think he took shrapnel to the face. And despite these injuries, he takes charge and directs the team's fire to facilitate the landing of the extraction helicopter. So he basically takes charge of the situation yep. and he's like, "Hey, you know, fire in these areas, whatever." So he throws smoke. So after he does that, he throws smoke to direct the aircraft to the team's position, right? He carries and drags half the wounded team members to the waiting aircraft himself, right? He provides
1: all, all while wounded already. All while
2: wounded already. And he provides protective fire by running alongside the aircraft as it picks, as it moves to pick up the re- remaining teammates, right? Okay. So he's moving alongside of it as they're still under fire. He goes to the dead team leader's body, right? After he's getting the wounded, takes the classified documents and he gets the dead body. Of the team leader. Okay. God. So as he's taking it to the helicopter, right? He gets on the helicopter. Helicopter starts taking off, right? Because yep. he's like, aircraft pilot, the helicopter pilot. Okay. Gets shot and dies. Helicopter <sighs> crashes. God. Okay. Right. Yep. 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 So Benavides still alive. He aids the wounded and gets him out of the overturned ha- aircraft, and he gathers a survivor while wounded. And sets up defensive perimeter. Right?
1: So he's wounded, wounded in three different areas. Yep. Already brought the the d- dead bodies to the aircraft A- and the wounded to the aircraft and the wounded to the gets aircraft. Gets on, gets on, takes off, 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 gets shot out of the air again, crashes, crashes, and then he gets out
2: and he takes everybody out of yep, the helicopter, of the aircraft, puts them on security, uh, sp- puts them oh on the perimeter, my. right as he's wounded, and he is basically getting on the radio and he's directing airstrikes and suppressing the enemy fire so that another helicopter can can come come in. in. Right. He gets wounded again. So fourth time he gets shot in the thigh while he's giving first aid to somebody else. Right.
1: Okay. Jesus Christ. And
2: then there's an instance while he's carrying the wounded to the uh to the net new extraction helicopter because it was able to land, where he gets hit by the butt of an NVA rifle, right? So he gets hit by the butt of an NVA rifle because they're trying to get him to surrender. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's he pushes it aside and strips it out of the NVA's hand, and he kills him and the other dude who had him at gunpoint. He I believe he bayonets one and then shoots the other one, right? Oh so my God. he does that and then he continues to carry the wounded to the helicopter. Then he sees two enemy soldiers as he's loading them into the helicopter, rushing the aircraft from an angle that the door gunner couldn't see them. So he picks up his rifle, kills both of those guys. Then he makes one last trip to the perimeter, making sure all classified materials collected or destroyed. And then he brings in the remaining wounded, right? And then when they pull him, into the uh, hel- helicopter, he's in extremely serious condition from wounds and the loss of blood, right? Okay. Survives. Survives, goes on. Think about being that much of a savage, where you get just getting off the helicopter, just like, hey, that team's in bad contact. Yeah. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to jump out. As we're hovering. Yeah. Kind of help them out, try to get them to the helicopter. I get wounded on my wave running 75 yards. I get shot, take frag fragmentation. I'm gonna keep fighting, take the wounded the helicopter, still under fire, probably fighting back, load them into the helicopter, I'm gonna take off. Our pilot just got shot and killed. How do you like not give up hope? Pilot gets shot and killed, crash. I'm gonna pull everyone out of the crash. I'm gonna set them up on a perimeter. I'm gonna so direct an another helicopter. Yeah, yeah so airstrikes can- and another helicopter. Now strike, Now the other helicopter comes in. Now I'm going to load wounded. Oh, I just got hit in the back of the head by an AK. I'm going to strip that from the dude who hit me, stab him with it, shoot the guy who's with him. Then I'm going to continue loading the wounded. And look, there's two guys running. I'm going to pick up my rifle, kill both of them. And then still make another lap to yep. make sure
1: that there's nothing else.
2: Yep. And then now, <laughs> after all this blood loss, I'm going to get on the helicopter and dip out. Dude. What a fucking savage. What a
1: fucking savage, dude. What a fucking... Like, talk about American hero. 100%. <sighs> dude.
2: Dude, dude, dude. It, like, it's guys like that. that you have I mean. to
1: look up uh Mr. Benavidez.
2: I I think I saw him I'm giving you very TLDR of his story. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not... I'm giving you the full story, but I'm not giving you, like, the intricate details.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: I think he did a... Um,
1: like a commencement speech for a graduation or something. And even his speech, you like goes hard. Like, especially when you know, like, what he did yeah. and what he went through, you're like, oh, dude.
2: Bro, and like, speaking of Green Berets and Mac V. Sog, mm-hmm. most people out there don't know what Mac V. Sog did, which is fucking crazy, man. They would go into Cambodia and Laos where we're not supposed to be with sterile uniforms, with, um, they're called Montagnards. So, Montagnards are the indigenous people of the viet of vietnam it would be like let's say a six-man team three to four of those would be the indigent the indige like the indigenous people yeah we're talking 16 to 15 year olds 16 to 15 year old vietnamese soldiers with the mac v Sog teams with the green Berets, and you volunteered to be part of mac v Sog because no one was gonna know what you were doing in vietnam like it was top secret yeah because you were going into Cambodia and Laos, you are looking for divisions of NVA, and then you were calling in airstrikes on them. So on average, a Mac V Sog, a soldier who was a MACV Sog, a Green Beret, he would carry, um, if you look at John Stryker Meyer, he has a lot of interviews with Jocko and all that. They would carry on average 800 to 1,000 rounds for their car 15s, and they would carry about 20 hand grenades. Damn. And they would only take water, one canteen of water with them. They would not take anything, no food, no nothing. Just guns, ammo, weapons, ammo, and water.
1: And this is what he was a part of? Yes. So he was bred a fucking So It, badass.
2: it was basically, I think, I don't know if he was a, really a part of SOG teams because he wasn't really brought up. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you have to look at either the Frenchman, he came out with the book. And then uh, John Stryker Myers, like the historian for McAvee SOG. He was a part of McAvee SOG. He's been in crazy fucking situations with McAvee SOG. Like, there's an instance John Stryker Meyer talks about where they're bedding down for the night, and I think he's in Cambodia, and it's pitch black, right? You, it's, you're in the middle of the jungle. Once nighttime falls, you stay in your position. Some guys set up security, but you don't move because it's so dark. And they'd see, like, la- lanterns on the road from yeah. all the northern Vietnamese army. And on average, th- whenever they would fight guys, they were fighting a division to a company. So they were fighting anywhere from 400 to like a thousand guys, a six man to 12 man team at most. So, their biggest asset was like airstrikes. But anyway, so he was talking about how one time he saw the like a lamp and two northern Vietnamese uh, soldiers on the road. And then the lamp goes out, and he's like, Where the fuck did they go? Right? And um, he's waiting and he kind of lays on his back with his car 15. And he notices when the wind's blowing, he hears something. And then when the wind stops, it stops. When the wind blows, he hears it. When it stops, it stops. Wow. So he hears it from behind him. So he kind of slowly flips on his back and aims his rifle, like, between his legs where he's hearing it. Mm-hmm. The northern Vietnamese soldiers flanked around and they were crawling to him. And they put hit their foot on his, they put, they grab his boot. The dude was crawling, and he stops, right? And I believe John Stryker Meyer says, like, he, like, the dude, he kind of, like, pushes his barrel against the dude's head. Uh Uh-huh. And he didn't want to fire because then they would completely blow the mission. Yeah, then they would know, yeah. Like, they would get the whole division on him, right? Know what the Vietnamese soldier does? Hmm. Slowly backs away and just oh, no. never freaking they don't fight no nothing. just none. backs up Oh my god. He disconnected <laughs> like the <laughs> <myth>. <laughs> Um but um oh, just man. you gotta get his god. books across the fence and there's some other ones, but just crazy encounters. Like there's one where one of the mountain yards that's what he calls them, the indige. Yeah. I'm telling you, they're like some of them are fifteen to sixteen year old kids, bro, carrying AKs. And, f- or car 15s fighting the Northern Vietnamese army with these green berets. Yeah. But see, they're wearing sterile uniforms. So even if there would be teams that would go, they'd never hear from them again after they dropped them off. They, so they don't even know what happened to them to this day. Damn. They would just assume they all got wiped out or whatever. Yeah. And the Northern Vietnamese army was smart. I'm not talking about, you know, the, um, The Viet Cong, that's different. Those were Yeah, Viet Cong
1: are totally different. Yeah, those
2: are like basically like militiamen. Militiamen. Mm -hmm. So the Northern Vietnamese Army on these landing fields, because they knew about MACV SOG teams, they would run a guide wire right across. Mm -hmm. They'd have it like hooked up to like 155 millimeter artillery show. So the helicopters coming into land, it would hit the The trip wire and it would detonate the artillery show in the ground and kill everyone. So they had to pay attention to that. And then there was something called like Prairie Fire Emergency. And they would call that whenever like they were uh, being attacked. And they would just get as many aircraft as they can to them and just drop like napalm, bombs. You know the spooky gunship? It's like the grandfather of the AC-130. Okay. So it was basically a propeller aircraft that they would have a minigun on it. And it would just, but they were so ingenious because it was like when Night Vision was first coming out. So, inside of um, their 40mm grenade launchers, they would have, like, a strobe that they would put in the barrel. And they would, like, shine it up at the uh, aircraft so the aircraft knows not to hit them, but to hit around them. And John shrek has some stories where, like, he would be asking them to hit, like, 50 yards, 20 yards in front of them. And just pray that the minigun didn't kill him. What? Yeah. And their... So, their uh, casualty rate for MACV SOG teams was 90 percent
1: 90 percent
2: yes Dude. and he even has a story where uh, one of the uh indige and the indige was like wounded so bad and he goes back to get him and he's like come on like like because he was down to I think I he was picking up ak's at that point because they're mm-hmm. out of him mm-hmm. on everything and he's like come on let's go like we need to leave and the indige is like i he's too wounded he's like i die and blows his brains out because he doesn't want to be captured Oh, and he and he was like I I just God. slow him down. I just slow you down. So he just blows his brains out. Yeah, it's in his Damn. books, it's in his interviews. Crazy sh- or like there's another crazy story of like um it's a I'm pretty sure it's a Cobra gunship pilot. I have it here in my notes. Uh <laughs> Cobra gunship pilot or like um they were being called because a FOB was being attacked. A FOB is a forward operating base. But there was only advisors on that fob, so U.S. advisors. So basically, an advisor trains this like the indigenous military to that country. So like the Green Berets are most of the time advisors. So they're teach they're uh, they're teaching the Southern Vietnamese Army how to be fighters, tactics, and they're going on raids with them, of course. So it was like a paratrooper regiment for the Southern Vietnamese Army, and their fob was being attacked. And the Cobra gunship pilot he gets called up to go and help. He says it's like ants. Like, you see so many Viet Cong pushing over the lines. You see tanks. He's hitting as much as he can. He runs out of ammo. He has to go rearm, refuel, come back. And at that point, one of the uh, American advisors is like, just drop it right, like, on top of us, like, inside the compound, inside of, like, just just hit everything, right? And so they do. So the number was, I think they had 450 Um, Southern Vietnamese soldiers in that compound, right? And like three or four American advisors. When they hit the um, extraction point, there's only six dudes left, including one American advisor. Yeah. Some of the stories out of Vietnam are like, people are like, oh, you know, it's whatever. Like, no, like we had instances like during, like we were soldiers after that battle. The helicopters didn't come and pick everyone up. You know, they made some guys walk back to base. What? Yeah, so like an entire platoon was ambushed walking back. Wiped them out to the last man. And when they went to go recover the bodies, a lot of them had point blank shots from AKs. Oh, because what the yeah. Viet Cong or the Northern Vietnamese army would do is, they'd walk up to our dead and just shoot them in the head to, to double make check sure. that they were mm-hmm. dead. Right.
1: My uh, my dad's uncle was one of those guys. That in we were soldiers. Yeah. Like if oh, he you, was there, he was there. If you look at the end credits when they're going to the list of names um i can't remember his last name but his uh first name is albert and he told us a story one time at at my parents house we were sitting in the kitchen um yeah i know it's running out right no it's not i've got protein down here um what do you call it he he was telling us a story about him like running like when they were running up the hill like he he said like the uh like the I, don't even, I guess vibe mm-hmm. of everybody was like we're not going to make it out of this so, you're mind so we we need to see how many we can take out with us Yep. and he said all he remembers is that he said that the movie like does it to a T almost because he said that all he remembers was running up and like the mountain was kind of like so obviously the mountains up right but then it kind of like plateaued a little bit mm-hmm. and then it went back up again he said once they got over that first ridge all he saw was a gunner sitting there just waiting because they knew. Obviously, they knew they were rushing up, right? Yeah. Gunner just waiting there. They said they come over the ridge and it just started. So the guy next to him, just blown, just gone. That's gonna be.
0: Do, do y'all know what tunnel rats were?
2: Yeah. Oh my god,
0: dude, those those are
2: freaky. Here, here's a five lumen flashlight and a 1911. Go into that hole, but, but <laughs> it's like
1: it's like the uh, the scene in um, in Force Gum. Like yeah. when he gives them the flashlight and he's like, they like open up the hole or whatever and he's like, check it. And he's like, okay. And he just jumps in like that. <laughs> yeah. that like that's how that's it was. Exactly, that's exactly yeah. how it was,
0: so they said,
1: was. When they were looking for Charlie in the woods. I was
0: watching something earlier. I don't
1: know if that's racist or not. Charlie? I think so. Is,
3: nah.
0: Nah. I was watching something earlier. And
1: there's this guy
0: saying that the tunnels were like three feet tall.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they put They're, the smallest guys in there, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. And it's just you, a flashlight, and a pistol. And most of the time they said, don't turn on your flashlight. It's going to tell them where you are. Don't turn on unless you know
1: you're...
2: Yeah, most of those dudes had AKs. So. Yeah. yeah. And they said they would put like booby
0: traps. And the guy on there was saying that they would take turns. And sometimes the guy would go in, they'd hear him scream, when he'd come back out.
1: Yeah, that's the thing about the Vietnam too. Like booby traps punchy Bro. pits where they would oh, put dude. shit
2: all over spikes
1: yep like vietnam dude they knew they knew their land obviously right so they knew like Home how to advantage. set
0: mm-hmm. there was a they have this i want to say it's in vietnam they have a museum full of all the different types of traps they had oh and you set. can go in like the tunnels right yeah and i saw and I you saw can go them. in the tunnels yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. what they, they were so like skilled with the way they knew their land they had boxes built into the floor and they had like
2: foliage
0: like covering with oh so like spider holes yeah, yeah. but just then like it's barely
2: yeah it's just one person it's just one person yeah
0: and they said that once the they knew that the platoon was like
2: in front of them yeah in front of them
0: they would hop
2: out and just light them up mm-hmm. that's crazy yeah vietnam wars and you know i looked it up finally the russians admitted to having advisors on the front lines with the northern vietnamese army so there would be like uh russian i'm gonna say spence because that just generalizes russian special forces Mm -hmm. that would go with the vietnamese with the northern fuck that coke of the nva that would go with the nva right and they would go on attacks and raids. And a lot of them would get killed doing it. Yeah. And it, that they don't even talk about how s- sometimes when uh, MiGs, like we dogfight them in Vietnam. Okay. They were flown by Russians most of the time. Same thing in the Korean War. But they don't, we don't talk about that because it could start World War Two. Just like recently, uh, I should have brought this up. A guy got the Medal of Honor in the Korean War for shooting down four out of six MiGs that were trying to go towards his aircraft carrier guess what what almost all of them were russian pilots and we they didn't talk about it until recently because they were afraid it would start world war three back in the korean war days really yep there's a because fuck russia fuck russia
0: <laughs> there's a guy there's a story of this guy i forgot his name it was he was russian and they were on this submarine <clears throat> you know what i'm talking about right uh, i think so continue uh, they were on the submarine somewhere I want to say it was either in the Pacific or Atlantic somewhere some ocean some body of water and they had it was it an air it was an aircraft carrier right that was going above them and they were thought they were invading or something and the general told them, hey, fire on that ship, you know like don't take the risk." And I think it was just like a really low-ranking officer was like, "No, I'm not gonna do it." They more, they said that he prevented World War III because oh, wow. it turned out that it was like an American carrier just passing by.
2: Damn! Just like how sometimes the Russians think satellite launches are nuke launches.
1: Yeah that I, that I've heard of. I heard um, I saw this. And it's like, uh, hey, relax. I saw this AI video of what they think the end of the world would be mm-hmm. and it was nuclear war. It was based around, um, it was based around extraterrestrials trying to make contact and pretty much like what, like the United States tried to do was try to have everybody come together and say, look, like we're going to come together as a world and, uh, we're going to make first contact. Like that's what we're going to do. We're gonna, we have to come together as a world. And we have to make first contact together. Nobody can do it all at once. We got to do it together. Well, Russia's pretty much like, no, nah, fuck that. We're going to make first contact. And so the Americans are like, no, like, look, like we are all, we've signed a pact, right? And it's like us, the Europeans, stuff like that.
2: We need to be in agreement. Like
1: we need to be in agreement to make contact together, right? We'll, like everybody gets sent somebody up. We'll all like share a ship, but we need to go together and make contact. Russia teams up with like uh, the Saudis of and course. China, right? And they decide that they're going to send up a ship. So they send up ships, right? So the United States, so it, it's cool because it's set now, right? So Elon Musk makes special ships that will like SpaceX pretty much gets um, some of the ships that they're I guess working on now, and says like fuck it, like we'll we'll speed up. I'm pretty up.
2: sure we'd give them a blank check.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, like, fuck it. Like, we're going to revamp. I think, honestly, I think that's something Elon Musk would just do. Yeah. Right? Cause like, come on. You get to have SpaceX make contact with. Mm-hmm. Come on. Brought to you by SpaceX. Come on. Yeah. Right. Um, it's got Coca Cola on the side. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they, they go up. Right. So we send off two ships and Russia sends off two ships at the same time. Well, there's, um, there's word that russia puts nuclear warheads on their ships going up right
2: so we shoot them down
1: so we're, we're all we're both in space now right we have two pods in space they have two pods in space and it's showing us like getting ready to go into contact with these spaceships and over the inner over like radio frequency you hear the russian say um americans like back away we are making first contact um like, if you know it's good for you, like, step away. And the two American ships keep going, right? All of a sudden, you see one drop out a nuke. And they use some kind of system to push the nuke forward. And sure enough, it hits the the pod. And um, it still shows Joe Biden as president. And So
2: they nuke the aliens?
1: No, they nuke us. Our ship. Our ship. They nuke our ship to stop us from making first contact. Joe Biden's response to that is to drop a nuke in Moscow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. So we drop a nuke in Moscow while the Iranians and, uh, and the Chinese send off nukes too. And that's pretty much what ends the world.
2: At least we know it would be military that's city great. USA. Baby. Yeah,
1: no, seriously, dude. Jesus. I try not to think of that whenever like shit gets real. Like I'm like, fuck.
2: Nah, nah, not San Antonio. They, they put a chart out where it shows, like, San Antonio would get, like, five or six nukes.
1: Well, that's because they were, uh, well, that was when, I think it was, like, North Korea or something like that, right? When they were threatening about nukes and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, we were on, on their but list. Listed
2: on a war with Russia, we'd get five or six nukes. Jesus. It's just our city alone because of our airfield. Great. But anyway, we're going to get into Great. the Iraq War, which is 2003 to 2011. We lost 4,424 U.S. soldiers, right? My favorite story, though, is Sergeant Bellavia, all right? Okay. He wrote a book called House to House. I've read it. Amazing book. He got the Medal of Honor. He's still alive. He didn't die in combat. Um, well, of course, he wrote a book. He was in the second battle of Fallujah in 2004, right? So, in Fallujah, he led an infantry squad into a house, right, that was being used by insurgents. As the squad entered the house, they encountered heavy fire and bellavia he will see there's actually a movie or a documentary called only the dead where they were with him but at some point when they go into the house and and take heavy fire his guys pull out and i believe he goes in there by himself right goes in the house by himself well he kills one insurgent with his rifle he and then he kills i believe another one with his rifle And then it gets to the point where he gets into hand-to-hand combat with one insurgent, right? Okay. And basically, they were literally just swinging on each other, right? Okay. No guns, no knives. Just just trying to beat each other to death. So the point that Belavia takes out one of his plates from his plate carrier and starts beating the fuck out of the insurgent with it, but it's not doing anything, right? For some reason, it's not. So he has a foldable Gerber knife, like a multi-tool. Pulls the blade out stabs that dude to death with it what Yep. and then there's another instance where like um him and another insurgent stumble into each other and he beats him to death with the stock of his uh, m16 oh my god yeah and then he kills like a couple other dudes throughout the house yeah and for that he got the medal of honor jeez Yep. but like to you're like you guys are swinging on each other as hard as you can and it's like because it it's it's one of us is going to get out of here live,
1: yep. right? And, like, and it's going to be me. Like yep, that kind not of. Not
2: you. So we got the Medal oh. of Honor for that. And then uh, Jesus. and then this. Uh, there's another Bellavia story I really gave you guys like the too long didn't read. Mm-hmm. Because just read the book.
1: Yeah, read the book. Take time. Take
2: because time, there's one the part book. that's like really fucked up. Okay. Where they talk about um, they shoot an insurgent in front of his house. Right? Yep. And his kid comes out and uh, is like crying yeah. and the insurgents looking at him. So you know what the Marines do? Oh. Pop smoke, right? And they pop smoke in front of the house. Not to block the kid from seeing his dad dying, but to block the kid from saying bye to his dad. Because they said, this dude's coming out here to kill us. Mm-hmm. So why in the fuck are we going to allow... If we're not going to be able to say bye to our kids or loved ones. Why in the fuck should you be able to say bye to your kids and loved ones? Damn. So they pop smoke. Damn. Yeah, it was in the book. I was like, that's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, another dude, right? Another guy named. This is it
1: still the war in uh, Iraq. Iraq.
2: Surge- Sergeant First Class Paul R. Smith. He was awarded the Medal of Honor for his actions at the Battle of Baghdad Airport in Iraq on April 4, 2003. Right? So, he was with B Company, 11th Engineer Battalion of the 3rd Infantry Division, right? So they were set up with uh, basically a temporary holding area for prisoners of war, basically near the International Airport. Yep. So they had been under enemy fire for quite a few days, right? But at some point they were hit by a large attack by uh, the Iraqi forces. Okay. So the enemy launched uh, RPGs, mortars, small arms fire, and they kind of overwhelmed the Americans, right? So Sergeant Smith, when his position came under heavy enemy fire, right? So what he did to defend himself and his fellow soldiers was he got on the fifty cal on top of his armored vehicle. And so he started engaging the enemy and some of them are moving closer, right? Firing on with RPGs and stuff. And so what he does is he starts calling in like uh, artillery and stuff, even though he's being shot at while Mm -hmm. on his gun, right? And finally, when they fire an RPG, he gets wounded by, like, shrapnel. And he's like, fuck medical treatment. And he continues fighting. But his machine gun gets so hot that he had to change, like, barrels, like, two or three times. Because he's firing, like, almost nonstop. And so there was a bunch of wounded soldiers during the battle. Because the battle was on, I think, for four or five hours. In, like, a trench in front of him, right? And he couldn't. He could see the enemy, but they couldn't because they were in a trench, right? So he gets out of the turret, runs to reach reach the wounded soldiers, pulls them back, right? And once he notices they're, like, getting closer, he gets back on his machine gun. He starts throwing grenades at him, keeps using the machine gun. And, like, he 100%, like, um, fought them back, almost on his own, right, with the fifty Cal. But because he refused medical treatment... He dies like a couple hours later oh. after doing all of that. And so he was given it, like, of course, after his death, like the Medal of Honor. And I like cut out like a lot of the story because mm-hmm. it's like, we're going to be talking for 30 minutes if I include the horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just fucking crazy how a lot of these dudes, like, no regard for their own safety. They're like, just my friends, my, f- like, they're in trouble and I got to go. I got to go them. in and
1: get them. God. Dude, to be put in that situation is insane insane crazy it's tough to even think about right like having to be put into that and
2: the so, mindset you have to be in yeah exactly and all right so we're gonna get into the afghanistan war really quick because how long have we been doing this? uh
1: we are about an hour and 30 minutes in
2: oh, okay that's pretty good yeah it's pretty not bad uh so then we're gonna get into the war in afghanistan that is uh we lost 2448 soldiers in that conflict and it just ended one of the yeah literally one of the most known stories is uh from sergeant dakota meyer he wrote a book about it and stuff like that right so on september 8th 2009 he was a u.s marine corps corporal at the time and he was in the Ganjigal valley in the kunar province which they say was one of the worst provinces in afghanistan to fight in so his team uh he i, I listened to his interview he was kind of like He was staying with the vehicles while his team kind of moved forward into the village and they get into like, they get ambushed basically by the Taliban, by a decent amount of Taliban. And they order him to stay back, right? Okay. To not push in. But he basically says, fuck that. So he takes his vehicle in to help his guys. And what he was doing with his vehicle is he'd go pick up wounded soldiers, drive them out. Go pick up wounded soldiers, drive them out, right? And, um, at one point, the story didn't talk about this, but he talks about it. As he's getting out of his vehicle, a, um, him and, I think he cuts a corner or something, and him and a Taliban fighter bump into each other. Damn. And, like, their rifles are knocked out of the way. We, he beats this Taliban fighter to death with a rock. Bro. Yeah, like, um, he just, he said in the thing, like, he just keeps hitting him, and he says he sees when, like, the cheekbone collapses because of the bone and like when his skull starts denting in and he just keeps fucking going at it until he's dead. Oh my god. Yeah, there's a lot more to the story because I think it's a long fight. Like it's like a 5 to 6 to almost 10 hour fight. I don't know if I'm I'm giving like broad numbers because I know it was more than like an hour. But he was credited with saving 13 uh, US soldiers and 23 Afghan soldiers. Afghani.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry. That was stupid.
2: God. Jesus. Yeah, it's freaking crazy. That's
1: crazy to think about, dude. Like.
2: Uh, uh, yep, just driving in and then like just trying to get as many guys out as possible. But dude,
1: I'm not caring, dude, and going in and saying like, "Fuck it. Like we're going to go in." Fuck it, we're going to go in and we're going to do this and we're going to get them out.
2: There's a lot of crazy stories from Afghanistan that like cuz people will always think like oh they're just, you know, farmers shooting at you with AKs like mm, no they're not. Like if you read the book Red Platoon, okay. which um, I don't know if you've seen on Netflix Outpost. No. It's about I forget the name of the uh, of the combat outpost. But um pretty fucking good, right? But the book like goes deep into detail of what actually happened. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is um, you can still find, I don't unless it's been scrubbed from the internet, the Taliban's perspective of them attacking that outpost. Because they attacked it with like like 150 fighters. Damn. And like the Taliban were recording and I don't there there was an investigation into this, but remember, officers that are high-ranking don't get in trouble. They situated, mm-hmm. imagine? This is a bowl, okay? Yep. They put the base in, in the... the
1: bowl. Oh, is this? Which is this? Which one is this? Or uh, I think I remember this.
2: It's from outpost. I forget what the name of um, the base, the little combat outpost. But so it's what not the... Benghazi, right? No, no, no. Benghazi was in uh, Libya. Oh. You Duh. know, that country were like, hey, Qaddafi, you don't want to sell us oil anymore? We'll say goodbye. Yeah. Um, anyway. And ass. So um, the Taliban were sitting like on the mountains and shooting in to the base. So there was like literally no cover. Um, but people forget about that. Or there's one called Ranch House where um, a lot of people, because you can watch Restrepo. And then there's another one from Restrepo called Korengal. Um, uh, there was a combat outpost called Ranch House. And they got absolutely overrun by the Taliban. Like we're talking Apache showed up and we're shooting inside of the combat outpost. Yeah. Like to get the Taliban to back off. So people like don't give the, the Taliban like, yeah, fuck the Taliban. But don't sleep on your enemy's skill. Never underestimate them. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I yeah, no, no, Because that's how a lot of people get fucked. Yeah,
1: yeah, underestimating your enemy for sure. Yep,
2: Like they're humans like us just because they're not educated doesn't mean they're not smart in their tactics and what they do. Because mo- sometimes they get foreign fighters. Because yeah. there's something called the fighting season, okay. right? And it's when, like, teenagers, we're talking fighting age males, will go from Pakistan into Afghanistan to fight the Americans. Damn. Yep, Still so go from Pakistan. Hey, it's time to go fight the Americans. And they'll go into Afghanistan. Yeah.
1: Holy shit. Mm-hmm. I had no idea about that. Yup. That's fucking crazy.
2: Or there's another story where, like, the Brits... I know it's American Memorial Day, but whatever. One of the Brits, he had a helmet cam, and they were fighting the Taliban, and the Taliban was getting close. He fixes bayonets and actually kills one on camera with his bayonet. Damn. We're talking, like, 144p. So, like, the footage is, like, dog Terrible, dog potatoes. Or, like, the Norwegians. Oh, my God, those... Dudes, I think it was the Danes or the Norwegians. They were such savages. Like, there's a. They did a freaking war crime investigation on one of them mm-hmm. because, like, uh, some Taliban fighters were hiding inside of, like, a. Um, they call them wadis, which are, like, um, I guess it's kind of like a trench where water would go through. It's kind of like irrigation, but it's a really deep trench. I yeah. don't know. Um, some Taliban fighters were hiding in there, and he pushes up on them and kills two of them. And he's, like, dragging their bodies out. And he's, like, it's just, like, hunting. Like, oh, just, like, moving animals. God. Right? Okay. And they freaking investigate him for war crimes for that. Yeah. Damn. And I was, like, mm, I don't know about that. Damn. 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 But I damn, think it's damn. because the documentary came out. And then they were, like, oh, well, we can't look bad that we condone that. So we're going to persecute this soldier, which is, like, kind of bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're going to your soldiers are there to do their job, which is a war fight, like, mm-hmm. don't fuck them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Literally. Like, oh, we want you to go over there, stack bodies for us. Oh, but the way you stack the bodies? Mm. Yeah.
1: War crime trials are for Nazis.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's what war crime trials are for. I mean, if you kill women and children, that's different. But yeah. yeah no, seriously. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Way different. Um, Damn. Moral of all these stories, though. Moral of all these stories a respect Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, these men and women put their lives on the line so that way we two 20-year-olds can come on here and make YouTube videos and yeah, try to make that a living. Guys. Yeah, and try to make that a living. <laughs> yep, like, um Like, man, just think of the country we live in and the things that we're able to do. Um, so this Memorial Day, um, one, from two guys rambling, from me, javi and sean we want to hope um that everybody has a great and safe memorial day um definitely if you can volunteer um you can volunteer here in uh, san antonio where they they try to get a ton of volunteers to go to like fort sam and put up um american flags and wreaths and stuff like that so they um heb is a huge sponsor for that um they get a lot of volunteers to go out and put up um American flags and stuff like that um, so please this Memorial Day um, just take take a minute or two to one um, Look at and read about what these men and women have done on the front lines to make sure that we have the freedoms that we have today um, to give us the right to be able to sit here and argue and um, Vote and be able to do the things that we get to do in this country that we absolutely love mm-hmm. um, so from two guys rambling to everybody else at home and all of our men and women who have fought um, in every war, um, we thank you. We thank you and are very appreciative um, for that because you give us the right and the freedoms to be able to do this. So we, uh, from absolutely from the bottom of our hearts, we uh, appreciate every single one of you. And we hope that this, um, this episode wasn't too somber, um, but that it was mm-hmm. able to bring light to some of the things that people have to go through. Um,
2: 100 percent
1: especially in times of war like it's Mm -hmm. it's it's a different animal and um most of us will never understand it nope and that's why so many people take it for granted honestly is why so many people take it for granted um and you know it's funny because um i'm a true believer and it can always be worse oh yeah you know what i mean um you could be over there fighting you could be over there fighting Mm -hmm. you could be over there getting wounded three times and still having to fight, <laughs> um, to even try to get out. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like that's a real, um, uh, world scenario. Um, not for most of us, but for a lot, a lot of men and women that are out there, um, fighting t- for us to this day, those aren't the uh, first wars and those won't be the last wars.
2: Oh, that's for sure.
1: Um, there will be a time where we have to do it again and, um,
2: probably to fight the Chinese,
1: probably to fight the Chinese. Um, But I hope that everybody has a fun and safe Memorial Day. I don't think we have anything else. No, that's about it. I don't don't think there's anything else that we can talk about today. Um, We are on the road to trying to get um, 1,000 followers on TikTok. So that way y'all can um, sit down and smoke a cigar with me and Javi live. So we are looking for that. Um, And we are also looking for 100 subscribers on YouTube. So... Um, We're doing a giveaway for folks that don't know yet. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, uh, we're officially doing a giveaway. We're giving, um, once we reach 100 subscribers on YouTube, we're going to give away five cigars. And not like pansy-ass cigars either. No. We're going to be giving away some shit you can't even get in store anymore. Um, So some like Tatawahe exclusives that I have, um, some PCA stuff. So like you're going to get some cigars that, and even if you don't smoke the cigars, um, gift them like it trust me a cigar lover will i mean appreciate absolutely them. be over the moon if you give them these things
2: unless you smoke really romeo julietta's or like you know yeah, rocky then patel you, then, then you
1: might not be able to appreciate these yeah. um but um or who knows right maybe they'll smoke these and it'll open their eyes to to what cigars can maybe be. their
2: eyes don't want to be open <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: um and then um on tiktok once we get a thousand followers we're going to give away 10 cigars. That's a box of cigars, dude. What the fuck? Right. Yeah, right? I didn't agree to that. I didn't agree to that. <laughs> I and have the video. Get... Once we get a
0: million, you're going to cube it out of Fidel Castro's. Okay. Thank we you. will
1: go find Fidel Castro's <laughs> um, gravesite and we'll take one of his no. um What do you call it? Once we reach a 1,000 um, followers on TikTok, we're going to give away 10 cigars. Um, and so all of those things, once we reach the 100 and once we reach 1,000, we'll come out the video celebrating our 100 or a thousand wherever we're at um and then all you have to do is like comment and make sure you're a subscriber and then um and then from there we're going to do some sort of like zoom or something to make sure that we that you're over the age of 21 obviously because you have to be over the age of 21 to win the cigars um and then you'll (laughs) be able to uh to smoke those cigars with us
2: exactly
1: and that's going to be great for y'all because we've got we've got some goodies
2: Yes, yes you got we some do.
1: hidden goodies, man. And I'm sure that if we dig far enough in our humidors, um, we can find some stuff that you might not have tried. Sean, are those are those It socks? Exactly. They're Pennywise socks? <laughs> Just saw the nose right now. <laughs> You're
2: like, wait. What yeah, the- wait a minute. He's everywhere.
1: Um, so like I said from us um, all here at Two Guys Rambling, we hope that you have a great and special Memorial Day. Um, enjoy the time with your family. Enjoy the time in this land. And make sure... Um, you do a little bit of thinking for the men and women, um, that, uh, fought to give us these freedoms that we are here for today that we have, um, and we're able to cherish. Um, but other than that, I think that's it. Like comment, subscribe down below. Um, you can reach us at two guys, rambling at gmail.com. If there's any ideas of stuff that you want to learn about or listen about or things that you think that we should research, um, and have a video on. So don't be afraid to either comment down below, comment down below or reach out to us on, um. Uh, through email, stuff like that, because we are more than happy to do it for you guys. Cause we absolutely, I, I love doing this. Oh, yeah. It's so fun. far. It's so much fun. It's something I look forward to every week. Um, oh, yeah. I realized that I don't smoke cigars now outside of this pretty much. This is pretty much the time I come down and sit down and smoke a cigar. Dude, same. Um, and obviously we're investing, you know, time and money into this to make sure that we've got good footage for you guys. Hobby dedicates a lot of time to, um, research and doing all that you stuff. You think this and, book
2: fills up itself? Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's gotta write in it, guys. It's just not it's not a smart notebook, okay? Um <gasps>
2: those exist. Yeah, alright. No, right.
1: Um, but please, please like, comment, subscribe. Sean, am I missing anything? Yes. How what? do you like
2: your cigar? Oh my oh. god, we always Yeah. <clears> throat>
1: um throat> yeah. it's a Liga, man. It's a Liga and it's a it's a limited edition.
2: Well, that's not, you know what Zach would say.
1: I know. And Zach, and Zach, it's a damn good cigar. Zach. All right. Maybe your
2: palate's just burnt out. Zach. All <laughs> right. As
1: you're smoking that nine by nine. Oh, um, I know Javi's not going to be excited. Room one one's coming out with a seven by 70.
2: Okay, I'm down. Seven by 7 I'm 70. down to try it.
1: So, seven is how many inches it is. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> and then 70 is the girth. That's also what she said. Um, so that, that's what it is. Seven by seventy. So it's a it's a big ass. Oh, and then if, uh,
2: um, what is the company? Uh, it comes out with the April Field April Fools Asylum. Asylum comes out. We're gonna smoke that on the pod, April? and we no, no matter how long it takes. It's probably we're gonna be that. two guys rambling.
1: That'll be four hours long for sure. So good luck with that. Maybe you we can do a live with that.
2: That'd down. be a
1: live. That'd be cool to do a live. Yeah,
2: I'm gonna throw up. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> also, mine was all right. I mean, it's good. But yeah. Towards the end, it kind of gets like a little mm. bitter.
1: I saw, I saw you check the end, yeah, to see if like I guess like the tar was
2: building yeah. up or whatever. Yeah, it got a little bitter, yeah. And then I'm, we're gonna have someone out there who's like, Well, maybe you shouldn't torch it so much, yeah. you well, like, Uh, you buy this, yeah? Well, we no, then cigars. eat ass, all right. <laughs>
1: eat ass, you heard it here first.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I loved my cigar. I, I like, oh, well, I don't, it's not the best cigar I've ever had, but it's damn good cigar. League, I, you pick up a Liga. And you know it's going to be good. Oh, yeah, for sure. Zach. Um, and those are really good too, but I, I don't know.
2: Yeah, Maybe it's a dud. I yeah, mean, yeah, maybe it's just possible. a one-off. You know, That's possible because I really happens. like those
1: cigars too. But other than that, uh, we are two guys rambling and I guess that's all we got now, man. Yeah. We will see you again here next week. Same time, same place, how we do it every week. Um, but from all of us, we appreciate you tuning in for another episode. I hope this looks better than it did before. Um, because now we got the camera set up and keep saying camera to make hobby is as nervous as possible. Um, but I hope you love it. I hope, uh, we love doing this. And again, we're on that road to try to get a thousand, um, followers on TikTok, a hundred subscribers on YouTube. That's the first goal and there will be more goals to come. I promise. Um, so we appreciate you guys share this with two friends like we ask for every week. But other than that, I'll see you later. Thank you for being here.
2: See ya. Good night.
1: Peace. Oh, <music>